Welcome to the Garden Angelus, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Dee Nash from Guthrie, Oklahoma, where I garden on seven and a half acres out in the country. And I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana. I have a suburban garden measured in square feet. It's less than a third of an acre. We call ourselves Garden Angelus because we are evangelists for gardening. We love gardening, and we want you to love it too. Yes, we do, and we aren't afraid to spill the beans and tell all of our gardening secrets, the good, the bad, and even the ugly, but that's enough about who, what, when, where, how, etc. Let's move on to this week's episode. Hello, Dee. Hello, Carol. How's your garden growing? My garden is growing well. I am in the phase of harvesting microgreens, so I got my whole succession planning going, and I've been eating the superfoods microgreens. I've been even my chow bello basil microgreens. Um, I'm about ready to go into the, I'm, I'm all about the microgreens. They're growing great. I'm just loving doing it. So do you put them on sandwiches or eat them as little tiny salads? <laughs> little, t- I got little tiny forks, D, and I have little tiny bowls. I put them on with a your salad. little tiny salad. Yeah, you I just put, put them on, on top of a salad. Yeah. Just like a garnish. Yeah. And you know, it just adds a little bit of flavor. Freshness. Freshness. Yes. So, D, are you sitting down? Of course you are. I am. You know I am. You can see me. (laughs) Because I know you don't got much of a garden update. I got to tell you, I got an email blast from Modern Farmer, and I get their articles. Okay, it's Uh mid-January. It's already started. The seed companies. Like Baker Creek shut down for, is in the middle of a shutdown for five days to catch up on their orders. And Johnny Selected Seeds is only letting home gardeners order from on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And the other days they're letting the orders go through through the farmers. So, wow. Okay. So we told everybody, didn't we? Yeah. We had some sold outs that we saw and we told people and we said, no panic. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying panic, but I'm saying order your seeds, people. Order them now. Order them quickly. Yes. And order, try ordering them from some companies that maybe you wouldn't normally think of, like Pine Tree Garden Seeds. Yeah, Pine Territorial. Tree Territorial. Yes. Um, botanical Interest, one of our favorites. Botanical Interest, one of our favorite companies. Renee's try Garden some, Seeds. Renee's is wonderful, too. I would try some of the... Other companies that people don't automatically think of, um, there's a limited, I, I don't think people really understand how this whole seed thing works. There's a limited number of seeds in the world. Almost all the companies buy seeds from the same groups, wholesale, and um, some of them are running out or they can't get them packaged or People in their offices have COVID and they have to stagger things. So just go on and order them now and start start thinking about transplants. Maybe maybe you want to order some tomato seeds and grow your own transplants under lights. Right, because I think in the spring, we'll talk about that, whether, it, you know, last spring it was really hard to find a good tomato plant, a good pepper plant. So we shall see, but... We shall see. We... Let, let's move on to a quote. Are you ready? I don't want to be I'm ready. people in a panic. And have them shut down the podcast so they can go order their seeds. (laughs) No, they wouldn't do that. No. Here's our quote. It is the small everyday deeds of ordinary folk that keep the darkness at bay. 
J.R.R. Tolkien. Yes, and he's right. And last week was rough, and that's all we're going to say about it, because this is our happy place. This is our happy place. So do small everyday deeds. Do things good for ordinary folk, like us telling people to order some seeds. (laughs) So our flower today is sweet peas, and Uh, I finally, finally got my sweet pea seeds um, I think it was two days ago, and it's time for me to start the seeds indoors. And for me in Indianapolis, it is not time to start these seeds indoors. I will actually direct sow them in the garden mid to late March. So, but. Yeah, we, direct sow. Yeah, I will direct sow them. Where it gets hot, like where you're at, you got to sow yeah. them inside first. Right. Or some people, if you're a little, little further south, you could have sowed your seeds last fall outside, and they might not get zapped. Every time I've tried that here in my part of Zone 7A, they always get zapped, and that's the end of them. So the last three years, I start them indoors in trainers or in pretty good-sized pots, and then I transplant them outside very gently, and it's worked great. Yeah, because the peas don't really like to be transplanted, and so... You remember on Gardener's World, and I remember it was Carol Klein that had a great big gutter. And I think it was an actual old piece of gutter that they had capped the ends. And Mm -hmm. they sowed the row of sweet pea seeds and also like regular English peas in that guttering. And then when it came time to transplant them, they would dig the trench in the garden and then just gently slide the whole mess into the ground. So the peas never hardly knew that they went from gutter to ground. And when you decide to put your, that's a great, I think that's a great idea. If you already dug your little trench and you just slid them in there, patted around them, had them spaced far enough apart, I think that'd work great. Um, also have whatever it is you're going to trellis them with already up. Yes. I- and don't put your sweet peas in the same area as the peas you're going to eat because sweet peas are poisonous. That's right. And by the way, just as an aside, I got Mm -hmm. to looking because I was thinking about the Gardener's World people and, you know, how they sowed their peas in those those gutters. Yes. So I was looking to say, when does the new season start? And I figured out the season will start sometime in early March. But Mm -hmm. they do have, if you look online, they have some special winter episodes where they sort of took like the best of last summer and spring and they're recapping. And so those are kind of fun. We'll put a link. I found one video, but I think you have to look around and just do some searching and you can find them. Yeah, I don't think this is on BritBox. So, but I'll be honest, I haven't checked BritBox to see. Um, I just haven't had time. I've been kind of busy. That's right. Well, I checked BritBox and I didn't find it. Anyway, so have your support in place because sweet peas definitely need to be supported. Yep. And And they grow fast and they grow tall. Unless there, there are a few varieties in the market that are dwarf, but the others grow really tall. So yeah. in my ready. garden, I don't really get them much over three or four feet in my garden. They're not going to grow like they grow in England or the Pacific Northwest because the heat's going to knock them back a little bit. Yeah. Well, by the time the heat comes here, they're done. And that's your sweet pea moments over. So if you want to grow sweet peas, they aren't the easiest thing to grow in my part of the world. But in my opinion, they're worth it. In my opinion, they are worth it as well. One other tip I tell people on sweet peas is that has a really hard seed coat. Um, they're not wrinkled like regular eating peas. They're round 
And so you want to soak them for not more than 24 hours before you sew them. So I will put them in a little dish and just have them soaking. Kind of remember the night before the day I'm going to go out and sew them in the garden. Right. And what I do is I just take the bowl of water and then I take the seed packet and stick it underneath the bowl where I can see the variety so that I know to tag them all because I grow more than one variety and I want to make sure I get the right tags with the right variety just so that I know which ones are doing well. Last year I grew a sweet pea that was beautiful, that was red and it had virtually no scent. I was very disappointed. What's the point? There is no point to sweet peas without the scent. So look for the words, heavily scented, old-fashioned scent. Don't fall for the ones that are bred for no scent. Ridiculous. So we have, are, you, are you done talking about sweet peas? No, I got one more thing to say about them. Okay, go for it. So, Dee, I, I just mix mine all together. I don't care what varieties what. I just bought some of this and some of that and some of the other, and I mix them together. So I don't care what variety. <laughs> They're mixed in my garden. Well, sometimes I don't care either about other things. I don't know why I care about sweet peas. I don't know. I just do, I guess. Well, the way, reason you would care is if there was one variety that was really good, you'd want to know exactly which one that was. And also if I wanted to write about it. True that. Because I'm notorious for, like last year, I had a really productive, sweet potted pea, and um, I didn't. I mean, I thought I labeled it, but maybe the crows got the label. That's my excuse. Good excuse. Here is the next quote. Are you ready for this one, Dee? I am. Those who contemplate the beauties of the earth find reserves of strength by Rachel Carson. Couldn't agree more. So spending time outside in nature and admiring all the beautiful things is a wonderful thing to do. And you know, I walk every single day in my neighborhood and I'm always looking at tree bark and, you know, different things. Even in the wintertime, there's beauty out there. There's lots of there beautiful is. things. Mm-hmm. There's moss out here. I think the branches against the sky of the trees, because we have really blue skies in Oklahoma when it's not cloudy and most of the time it's not. Um, there's some things, there's always something to look at. And I had been going to the park. I haven't this week, but before that, I've been going to the park. And there's something really wonderful about just being out in nature. There is. And I tell people there's no bad weather. There are just bad clothing choices. And this weekend, we've had bits and pieces of snow. And there are a couple times I'm walking, and it's like the snow is gently falling. Now, it's not creating a winter landscape. It's There's not enough of it. But it's kind of fun right. to walk in the snow when the snow is falling around you. I like yeah, that. I like going out in my greenhouse when it's snowing and letting it fall on top of the greenhouse. It's, um, I don't know, it's deeply touching. That is the best. We are going to talk in our vegetable about the three sisters in the vegetable garden. This was actually requested by one of my clients, Rachel. Hello, Rachel. I know she listens every week because she tells me. And um, this one's for you, Rachel. So the three sisters in the vegetable garden were how Native Americans grew corn, beans, and squash together. Sometimes it's also melons instead of the squash. It just depends on depends on which article you look at. So you found a good article on it from Native Seeds. I did. I found a very good article from Native Seeds. We will include a link in the show notes. But the Native Americans... 
they grew corn, and that became something for the beans to climb up. So bean, the corn supports the beans. And pole then beans. The pole beans. And then the pole beans fix nitrogen in the soil, which benefits the corn and the squash. And the squash helps to shade the soil to retain moisture. And I also heard that um, vermin, like raccoons, don't like to go through the squash. So that kind of helps protect the corn. So everybody has a nice role to play in this. And it is not the easiest garden to grow. I will say that. It is not easy at all. Um, two things. Most of the time, the squash is a winter squash, right? Yes, like a vining squash. Right, because you want it to be a, a squash that really travels across the ground. And that's why sometimes people do it for cantaloupes, because yes. cantaloupes will do that. And when I've done the Three Sisters, I've done cantaloupes and vining beans, uh, pole beans, and also corn. Now, the reason it's not easy is because you have to let the corn grow for a little while. Yes. There's all this talk about how how you see all the, like in my mind, I see the Native American women going along and planting the three seeds in the soil together at one time. That's not really exactly what happens. No. First you have to plant the corn and give the corn, I'd say, two to three weeks. You want it to be maybe a foot tall. I would say so. At and least, at least... Uh, eight inches or so. And also, you'll want to have hilled up around that corn so it has a good, stable um, support system. Yes. Because you're getting ready to grow things on it. Right. Then you would sow the beans, and it would be pole beans, around the base of each corn so the beans could start to climb up the corn. Now, some the Native Seeds site says... The corn climbing up the bean, the, I'm sorry, the beans climbing up the corn actually also helps to support the corn from toppling mm-hmm. over. So I can see that if you had, if you had the seeds all the way around the corn stalk, right. you know, and then how many seeds did they say to sow? I didn't, I, I didn't see that. I would say maybe three, four, three, four, three, four. Okay. I've done it. I've done as many as five and then I go ahead and take them out, you know, and only have three left. So you want it to be like a tripod, right? Right. Going up the corn stalk. So you're going to do that. And then you're going to wait a little bit. You wait about a week. And then you're going to plant your squash. Yes. And so then the squash will start to grow and will underplant the whole thing. So the other thing that's interesting is when they, they talk about corn, they're, for the Native Americans, is really more what I would call field corn or dent corn. It was for the mm-hmm. carbohydrates, the starch. And the thing is, these three crops could be overwintered by the Native Americans. And right. they uh, they have nutritions that complement one another, carbohydrates, proteins, all that kind mm-hmm. of good stuff. And the beans need the carbohydrates in order to complete their protein. So it was a really good way to grow things and get enough to last over winter and also have complete food when you couldn't get meat as much. Um, because, you know, we eat a lot of meat in our modern diet, but in traditional diets, there was not as much meat. No. And um, I was trying, oh, I have a story. You want to hear my story? Of course I want to hear your story. It's a little short story. Okay. So back 
in the back garden, back before, back when it was a vegetable garden, yeah. I did this. And when I did it, um, I actually grew green beans, green pole beans, because it didn't matter to me that they were pinto beans or anything. But um, I got pregnant with someone. I don't remember which person it was, <laughs> which child, but I was pregnant with somebody right at the moment, like like my, and I did melons. I did cantaloupe. Bill loves this one cantaloupe called ambrosia. Uh-huh. Um, it doesn't upset his stomach. That's actually a burpee introduction. And I grew that that year. And right about the time I got pregnant was when all of that stuff matured at the same time. And um, I was sick as a dog. And so I would go out there and the melons were so prolific that like I had to bring my husband outside and we, I mean, I'm talking tons of melons. We had so many and, and they kind of made me nauseous, but you know what? I had a heck of a three sisters garden. You sure did. And so I originally was not going to plant a three sisters garden this year. I sort of attempted it in the past, but botanical interest, when I ordered my seeds and then I got them, I got they sent me like an extra thing of seeds. And I don't know if it's because like something I ordered was out of stock and they said, well, here's your consolation prize. But it was like a whole, wow. it was a whole bag full of organic seeds. And so I'm jealous. I'm just saying, no, I'm not really. It's okay. There are about nine or 10 packets that are going to my older sister. I texted her a big picture of them all laid out and says, which ones do you want? There were some pole beans in there. And I thought, well, I don't really grow pole beans. But then I did this three sisters thing. And so earlier today, I ordered my sweet corn seeds because I didn't think I was going to grow corn. But now I'm going to grow sweet corn. And then for the squash part, I thought, I like spaghetti squash. I love spaghetti squash. So I'm going to put a spaghetti squash underneath. So I'll have the sweet, I'll have a three sisters garden. (laughs) <laughs> That's awesome. And I think spaghetti squash grows really well for me. Does it, it grow well for you? It does grow pretty well. And it's something that you can like keep those over the winter. They store fairly easily. They don't really, you know, you don't have to like put them in a freezer or fill the refrigerator. They kind of just store nicely at a cool temperature. Yeah, they store for a really long time, just like butternut does. So that's very, very cool. And I'll be interested to see if Rachel decides to grow her three sisters garden after she builds a raised beds. That's her next project. There you go. And so that let me do the quote and then I'll tell you about the next book, which will be Let me do the quote. You've oh, done you, all the quotes. Oh I have. Pardon moi. <laughs> <laughs> to walk into nature is to witness a thousand miracles. Mary Davis. Now tell us about the book. So we have today's book is called The Complete Guide to No-Dig Gardening. And then the subtitles are Grow Beautiful Vegetables, Herbs, and Flowers the Easy Way, Layer Your Way into Healthy Soil, Eliminate Tilling and Digging, Build a Productive Garden Naturally, Reduce Reading and Watering by Charlie Nardozzi. Do you know Charlie? I do know Charlie vaguely. I mean, I don't know him super well, but I do know him. I do not know Charlie, and it sounds like, I mean, it's like we're in parallel universe or something because he's been on PBS's show, The Garden Smart, reaching more than Mm -hmm. 60 million households. Yeah, I don't know. I just know him. I think I know him from Facebook, actually. And then, you know, he lives in Vermont. But 
You remember the old Ruth Stout No Work Garden book from back in the day? Oh, yeah, I've got it, and I read it. It's awesome. And then Pat Lanza, who we both know, Lasagna Gardening for Small Spaces. Yes, and I love Pat Lanza. She's a delightful person. And then um, there's Straw Bell Gardens is another book. Anyway, think about if you took all those books, Raised Bed Gardens, No-Till Gardens, um, straw bale gardens, container gardens, and you had a book that showed you exactly how to prepare each one and how to build up your soil to be wonderful and rich and delicious. Yes. That is no-dig gardening. Well, there you go, which is what you and I do, no-dig gardening. And yes. I think that's, we can definitely say that's a good thing to do because then you don't mess up the soil web and the food web and all that stuff in the soil. Yeah, and he's got a lot, a lot of good stuff. So interestingly enough, he's got a thing in here about the polyculture beds. Which yes. When you like it, he says it kind of looks like a mess. You've kind of mixed in all different greens and um, herbs and different things together. But he says it's actually a very good way to grow things. He's got stuff huh. on interplanting and succession planting. He's got stuff on indoor herb gardens. I mean, I think, I think this is a really good book, Dee. And if you don't have it, you might I don't. think about it. Okay, it's I'll a, think about it. It's a good primer, I think, and but also gives enough information that people who are um, already into their gardening, so to speak, will just. I think you'll learn some things from this that you didn't really know. Interesting. Just kind of reinforce some of the things that you're already doing. Sounds good to me. So that's the complete guide to no-dig gardening by Charlie Nardozzi. It is from yep. our friends at Corto Press. So mm-hmm. that is what's on the bookshelf, and I—that I, I, is one I am not giving away to anybody. Keeping it for myself, but I might let my Just, sister borrow it. I think you should let your sister borrow it. Maybe we'll see. The title is really long, like you said. They <laughs> want to get in all the keywords. The No Dig Gardening, that's, that's the title you need. No Dig Gardening. Yeah, there, there you go. So let's move on to our dirt. Oh, my gosh. The dirt. You have the dirt. <laughs> I am in love with the new Magnolia Network. And, like, I started watching it. It's on Discovery Plus right now. You have to subscribe for either $4.99 a month or $6.99 if you don't want commercials. I don't want commercials. Me neither. So um, you get on Discovery Plus, if you stream it, you get all of Discovery's stations, all of them. There's so many, um, from True Crime to Micro to the Magnolia Network. And the reason I – and believe me, nobody's given me anything for saying this. I'm just paying like everybody else. But the first ep- – you only – okay, so they have – they're just starting it. They just have a lineup of really good shows. And basically, there's one episode of each. Right. And the first episode of Growing Florette is all about Florette flowers. And I watched it and was like, oh, my gosh, this is so good on so many levels. Because not only does she teach about growing flowers, which she does on her website, too, but Erin and her husband, Chris, are trying really hard to expand their... um, their business. And when you expand a flower business, that means you buy more acreage, right? 
It was really good, and it's just about all the trials and tribulations of trying to grow your business, which I can identify with because I also own a paving company with my husband, and we started from the ground up, and it's hard. And so I loved that, plus you get to see beautiful flowers, and they interviewed everybody. Yes. So I texted you, and I was like, you've got to watch this show, and you go, okay. And then I paid my $6.99, and I watched that show, and I loved it. And then you told me, I loved it for all the reasons you loved it. I mean, it's just so, I hate to use the word down to earth, but down to earth. And then I watched um, Chip and Joanna Gaines. We forgot to say they started the Magnolia Network. I watched their little show that kind of introduces many of their shows. Right, fun. It's very fun. They introduce them, just little segments and things. I watched The Lost Kitchen, which is about a restaurant in Freedom, Maine. That's My very favorite, my very favorite show on there so far, Lost Kitchen. Really? Yeah, so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. But it's about a woman who thought she would never go back to Freedom, Maine. You know, like, you know, small town kid kicking the dust of that town. She ends up right back there and she starts this restaurant that is so good that you have to send a postcard in April to see if you can get a reservation sometime before they close in October because they're only open during the growing season. Hyper local foods. In the first mm-hmm. segment, she went out, and I don't really like oysters, but she went out with an oyster fisherman. It was just the best to watch him. It was. Harvesting the or- oysters, and she's saying, I want small oysters because they're appetizers. And he's like, oh, bigger's better. And she's like, no, I need smaller because I don't want him to get full on the oysters. I've got so much other food. <laughs> it was the best show. It, um, we should also say that that entire restaurant is run by women. Yes. The whole the whole thing is run by women, which was really cool. She also goes out to a farm, and we don't want to give it away, but they talk about a vegetable you and I have talked about. That's right. That we will not grow. And she explains why. So both of those shows have a gardening element. Yes. And I loved on Growing Florette that they interviewed everybody that worked there. Yes. From the people who weed the rows, um, who are these beautiful women, um, all the way to the her best friend who now helps her in the business to run the side of the business. It was, I, I really love that, like you said, down to earth. I will. Anyway, just loved it. It gave me joy. Yes. And there's another show uh, called Homegrown, which is another gardener named Jamila Norman, who used to be an engineer, and she's now like a backyard farmer. And uh, Mm -hmm. it shows how she's a farmer and she helps people. She helps people who have like a messed up backyard, set it up for growing food. And she had a lovely family on there and helped them kind of fix their backyard so that they have the raised beds. Um got their vegetables out of the shade and into the sun. And that was really lovely too. So it's going to be fun to watch those. All of these shows are multicultural. Um, they're diverse. Um, there's, they're hopeful, which is awesome. And so Fixer Upper is also coming back, um, apparently. And it's just a nice network that you can watch with the whole family. And I just thought it was really fun. And it, you know, just fun. Right. And you get it, like we said, Discovery Plus. So you, you mentioned Mike Rowe. So on one of the Discovery who, who we love. channels, 
Mike Rowe, who did Dirty Jobs, has a new show out called, I think it's Six Degrees of Separation. and he, Something like that. He has these shows where he goes from one event and the, the, the pilot one that we watched, like one event in the Civil War and how it leads all the way up to some, I don't know, sport thing or it, something. It, it, yeah, it led up to how uh, footballs were made. Yes. And and it's all connected. It was really, that was a really good episode. And fun, too. So uh, my hope for TV is redeemed a little bit. In fact, Dee, I, I, I cut the cord, so to speak, on cable TV this past week. You did? Yeah, I said, I'm not watching any cable TV. And I thought this is ridiculous to be paying for this cable TV. So I cut it. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. like for six ninety nine, I'm getting Discovery Plus, and then I'm getting BritBox for like five bucks a month. Those are the shows I want to watch. I'm happy, and you know, yeah, that's it. I'm done. I got it. Going. Yeah, if Bill didn't love to watch local and national news, um, I would cut our cord too. But I can't do it right now. So, but good for you Thank for you. doing it. Um, our gardening commissions. So my garden commission. I have, uh, I have a need now to sort my seeds. I have seeds left over from the spring. I need to sort everything, figure out what I got. I'm going to sow another tray of microgreens. I might, depending, clean up the one terrarium that's sitting in there and get that all spiffed up. But uh, I really want to sort my seeds, figure out what I have. If I have some extras, reach out to my sisters, offer them some seeds. Um, mm-hmm. That's really my main goal. How about you? My goal is to get my uh, sweet pea seeds planted. That's my goal. There you go. And so I'll soak them. I can't get them planted until after Wednesday because I've got to go buy potting soil. And I really want um, I really want some trainers because they make those really long roots. Yes. And they're supposed to make it much easier to transplant them. And I really want to do that this year. That sounds good. And so we want to thank everybody for listening to The Garden Angelist. And guess what, Dee? I found out that 21 million people started gardening in 2020. And so we want all of our friends listening to this to tell these new gardeners to subscribe to The Garden Angelist for themselves because they will really enjoy it. So, and then if you're watching, listening, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything. And if you listen to Apple Podcasts, we'd love a five-star review. That helps us get noticed by others. Yes, and be sure and check out our show notes with links to today's topics, plus links to our own websites. And if you would like to help support us, use an affiliate link. If you buy something after clicking through on them, it costs you nothing, and we earn a small commission. It was lovely to chat with all of you over the garden gate today. Bye until next week. Bye.